Yo, yo, yo. Hello, everybody. Hey, guys. Hey, wait. I'm going to start like a YouTuber does. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, <laughs> episode 336. Uh, I'm your first host, D. I am your second host, Dr. Corey Petty. And I'm the third host who just secured two beautiful Voice 65 keyboards. Oh, this guy, this guy, just, oh he, was, just, he was trying to tell me about like the intricacies of this keyboard and a bunch of other stuff and like glazed over. Like I'm a nerd, right? I get into nerd <laughs> stuff and the keyboard hobby is nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse, I'm impressed, bro. You're layered like an onion, bro. Good on you. Good on you You're for securing shot. like a, a, a nice yeah. quality item for your hobby. <laughs> Thanks. I hope you're that your, I hope that your fingers thank you for it when you're typing on it and your ears are like, ugh, that click sound. No, no, there's not gonna be a click. It's gonna be a thack and a thuck, Corey. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> sure. Click. It's gonna it's gonna be real clicky. The clicking sounds are gonna be real loud. Oh my god. You're butchering <laughs> my hobby. A thack and a th- <laughs> a thack and a thuck. Thuck. Interesting. Thock, D. Use the right term. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Back in a thock. All right. So. All right. All right. I was gonna take that somewhere. We have an interview yeah, today. So let me do this, Corey. I got this. Shut the fuck okay. up. Okay. My bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. So. All right. This is for the first time listeners. If you this is the first time listening to the Bitcoin podcast, you probably got here because you Google searched. And you're like, oh, Bitcoin, I heard about that. That's expensive now, right? I want to buy it now instead of the one that's less expensive. All right. So let me tell you what you are going to get from this show. You're going to get me, Jesse, and Corey, and sometimes Danny, Daniel, sometimes Alicia, uh, talking about very general, maybe philosophical, maybe things that are really at-depth topics about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. What you're not going to get is like, Oh, the price of banana coin is $25 today. It's an all-time high. Oh, the price banana. of this is a 15 cents. You might want to buy. Is there a banana coin? Uh, the price of raspberry. There's uh, got to be. There's got to be. I'm checking it. Keep going. Yeah, it's a dollar sign B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> All right, but anyways. Uh, yeah, you're not that. We're not going to be like, hey, uh, 
get get your uh, moon token. <laughs> moon. We promise, promise, promise. Bananacoin.io. Oh, there is banana coin. Oh my and god. There you go. Oh, Alicia coming in the clutch. Um. So, you know, speaking of which, I do want to talk a little bit about price because the price went down for Bitcoin, but I think it went down for good reason. I think it's no mystery that that Mt. Gox situation is finally coming to a resolution. And when you've got $5 billion worth of Bitcoin that's about to be unleashed on people, they're going to sell. Like, people have been waiting for that Bitcoin for years, and they're finally getting it back. And there's probably all kinds of changes they wanted to make in their life. So they're going to sell the shit out of that token. Is that what's they're happening? I thought sell. it was going to. I don't think it's going to people. Like, wasn't that all consolidated? It's going and to up? the people. Yes, it's going to the people that had the money to hire the lawyers to sue the people to get the Bitcoin, right? And if you got that much money, you're probably still going to sell because your profit on the amount that you paid, um, the, the, the amount that you paid for the legal fees and the lawyers is probably going to be phenomenal. So, you know. Ooh. Um, that's it. Um, Spurbank is also something I wanted to talk to you guys. I think I, this is something that we talk about a lot. It's core. It's something that you've heard me say a lot, but I do feel as if that we just created, instead of doing all this amazing decentralization and taking power away from the powerful and putting it back to the people, all we did is create the last boss of middlemen because now, uh, I started to see stories like Spurbank, or I think it's how you say it, S-B-E-R. It's that really popular bank, um, I think, in Europe. Yeah, it's in Europe. And they uh, they now got this, like, special license to create a central bank digital currency. Like, they created a stable coin, right? And so it's like, oh, okay, well, there we go. You know, they're going to make the rules with their little private stable coin. And then they're going to slowly, like retrofit crypto into their rules and we just created monster we've created monsters it's like frankenstein's monster i feel like i need to read that book again to understand how this is going to play out but i'm pretty sure we die which is worse like is are the monsters that we're creating <coughs> a bigger detriment than the positive outcomes of the tech what the technology is giving us I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure in the book, the monster and Frankenstein die. I don't see that happening. We still have nuclear power, so. Okay, I don't know. This analogy is getting loose at this point. Alicia said they do both die. <laughs> but I don't know. That's, 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 that's what you have to wait, right? That's, 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 the, that's what you have to do when there's a technology that enables people, both good and bad, to do things. And if... Like, okay, cool, we've enabled permissionless money that has no borders and it's, it's in control by central authorities that you can trust that allows for digital scarcity and all of the things that can be built from that, which we have yet to like really discover in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and then it'll, we allow the things that this movement initially tried to circumvent to become stronger and do what they do better. So what's worse? Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I'm just trying to stack my cheese bread. And hopefully it doesn't get stale. You know what I'm saying? I would I'm like speaking to... Speaking in only analogies this episode, by the way. <laughs> I'm I like definitely it. trying to like... I want to make I want to make enough money that I don't have to worry about money. 
That's 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 the goal, right? I don't. Yeah, but I, I hate world it. I don't where... want to care about money. I would rather just like do whatever I want to do and not really care. But once you start caring about money, you don't stop caring about money. It never, it never. You don't just cut that off. It's like once you open the Pandora's box, it's there. Like look at Jesse. He's a money hungry motherfucker. That's all he ever talks about. And I was like, Jesse, this, like Jesse, that's way too extreme, bro. Uh, Why are you like that, Jesse? You know, you know what they say when you when you when you get money, all you think about is keeping it. Think so? And growing it. That's true. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've i watched large numbers turn into small numbers, and it hasn't really affected my digital life much in the process of like being in crypto over these years. You got to buy keyboards, Corey. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, got, I got a keyboard right here. It's great. It's got Cherry MX red silent switches. It's doing yeah. its job. Hey, you know, what works, works. Mm-hmm. I buy computers. I, I don't buy just one part yeah. of it. Speaking of which... <laughs> Come at me, bro. Today's episode is brought to you by <laughs> No, it's, it's valid. I'd buy both. Best, <laughs> yeah. Logitech, best in the game at getting yourself a nice $45 keyboard that works just fine for all you GPPs out there. <laughs> now, if you're more Jesse's... <laughs> now, if you're more Jesse's speed, uh, then this episode can be brought to you by Razer if you want to. Okay. Uh, you know, a nice $150 keyboard with some clicks and some clacks, not some thack and some thought. Or whatever the fuck y'all said, but you know, get either one of these people are sponsors. You know, I'm, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, they could be. This episode is also brought to you by. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, yeah. Let's talk about uh. So, I'm not talking about Craig Wright. So, just throw that away. He's, he's suing for. He's being Craig Wright. No one cares. He's not going to get anything done. Hey, we got a new uh, president since the last episode. Uh, well. You guys want to talk about that? That's something well, that did US happen. Well, the U.S. has a new president. Let's not be... Well, that's we. Like, we, we as people. We actually are. have a president now. Yeah. That's true. We'll see. I, I can't say that I'm not not happy about it. I'm glad we have a president instead of a janitor uh, that dresses sharp in the office. Uh, it feels good to have some leadership. So that's all I'll say about it. You guys already know how I feel about Trump. I made that very aware like four episodes ago. And if you're still listening and you still like Trump, unsubscribe from our shit. The fuck? I've already told you what to do. So, um, yeah, uh, we got a new president, so that's dope. But let's talk about Craig Wright. Craig Wright. <laughs> Why? Okay. Why do you want to talk about him? So he's a, he's, first, he doesn't deserve the attention. He's a worthless piece of shit. I understand that, Corey, but not everyone knows this dense history of Bitcoin like we do. And if they're just getting into the game which i know they are because i do google searches on people's google searches i want to help them understand part of the community they're in this bitcoin shit with us now they just bought five dollars of bitcoin they can't wait for it to turn into five million in the year 3055 and they want to know what's up with bitcoin so we're going to help them all right craig writes the first thing you need to know about craig Wright audience is he's a twat <laughs> okay the second the second thing you need to know about him is he is fraudulently claiming that he's Satoshi Nakamoto. And he's been fraudulently claiming this for almost a decade, which at this point, I got to give him props for the staying power because that is commitment to a lie like I've never seen before. But anyways, so Craig Wright has been faking. And then there was, you know, great minds like Ryan X. Charles. You don't know who Ryan X. Charles is. He was a 
he's a developer, he's a Bitcoin developer way back in the day. Love Bitcoin. Uh, he's made some companies like yours. Um, you know, he's uh, that's a big news that came across our news ticket right there. I don't know if you guys just saw that, but I'll get into that audience. But so essentially, Craig Wright has like been sued because he fraudulently claimed he's Satoshi Nakamoto and he lost that lawsuit. So now he owes a bunch of Bitcoin uh, to people. And um, I don't know. Long story short is if you're just getting into crypto and you see the name Craig Wright, don't worry. He's a twat. And uh, you don't need to really follow that story at all. There's more. There's better time you can spend your time. There's better places you can spend your time while you're in the rabbit hole. What I understand right? so is why Bitcoin that's Core. So he, like, okay? he, he basically claimed that he had patent over the Bitcoin white paper and told Bitcoin Core, Bitcoin.org to, to turn it down, in which they scrambled to do. And it's like, why would you be like so such bitches in this when he threatens with something that he can't prove? Because he has to prove that he's Satoshi in order to for that for that to actually work. Probably drag people through the muck of of of, of, law, of lawsuits, but these people have been in Bitcoin for forever. The Bitcoin core developers have a bunch of Bitcoin. What are they worried about in terms of a lawsuit? <laughs> I don't get it. It's 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 absurd to me that someone would. It's all stupid. I don't even want to pay any more attention to it. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. If you see his name, nothing's gonna happen from it. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna drag a bunch of people through the yeah. mud and make things yeah. annoying and then we'll move on again. Yeah, pure fuckery. Um so that's that with Craig Wright, nothing to you. So um there's something else I wanted to talk about. Jesse, are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm just looking at your background. It looks nice and like, you know cabin wood. Yeah. It's very woody. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm in a I'm I'm in a cabin, bro. In a cabin. I'm talking. There's bears and shit all over the place out there. Like, there's <laughs> your video, your video is like Yo, a bro, minute bro. ahead of your your audio. Been that oh, way for a while. Okay. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> but um, there's stickers all over the place. It's like, oh, there's bears out here. Don't be. Don't leave any fucking food around here. They're gonna snatch your toddlers. Like, it's for How'd real. Had your kids? Had your wife? In these bear woods. Or you actually are in a co- cabin? Yeah, right and there was a. There's a. Yeah, I'm in a cabin. You want me no, to walk around? Cool. see it? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Remember, oh, we're, being, we're recording yeah, video, so, so we're recording video, so don't be like going too much over oh, we here. Are? Yeah. Oh, don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna go too far. This is a cabin. It's kind of dark out here, though. You can't see much. Oh, yeah. He's a cabin, bro. Look, cabin. That's very cabin. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta go to a fucking cabin. <laughs> but anyway, um, cool. So, so the thing is, ether. This is what I want to know from you, Corey. Ether's your thing, right? I mean, I know stuff. Yeah. All right. So we've got all these billions and billions and billions of dollars locked up in this Ethereum 2.0 contract. Yeah. All right, so what happens from there? Like, when, like, wh- what happens from there? I'm still lost on the, like, what's the next step? Because I was like, yo, like, shouldn't transaction, isn't this, like, the step where transaction fees and gas fees go down because it's locked in the second layer and we can do all these transactions and, like, we can shard and we can, like, fucking really take over the planet. But then I was talking with our boy Andy and he was like, nah, that shit's not going to be live until next year. And I was like, 
what shit's not live? There's money in the contract already. Let's do this shit. It's ether time. Like, I'm ready to cowabunga. Like, I'm fully lit. <laughs> but I understand I can't be that. I understand I can't be that amped yet. We've had this conversation multiple no, times. No, sorry. I wasn't talking to Andy. On the show. Know, we've know, had this conversation you know multiple me. times. All right. So, you know. right, let, me, let me go but, through. Hold up. This wasn't Andy. Sorry. This was Yagi. This was okay. Yagi, not Andy. Well, to reiterate again, uh, maybe those other people who are new who have not heard all the shows or even the past like four shows where I probably repeated this three times. Uh, F2 is not done. The first, the first phase, which is actually called phase zero, has been done on mainnet. And that's where all the money is going. And all that does is make the beacon chain work of, of phase two, which is just the coordination layer. It's the proof of stake and coordination ledger which tells all the validators who have stake what shard they will be coordinating on so it's basically just making sure the base layer of f2 works appropriately and people and you make money on this just by just by participating mm. and sending the messages and the testing blocks and all the stuff that you need to do at the at the base coordination layer of ethereum 2 you get paid in ethereum so people are just doing this. They're just they're just locking their money up because they're basically going long on Ethereum and then making money in the process of doing it because you need a computer that needs to be online for a long period of time. Like basically it needs to be consistently online with a good internet connection that can participate in this like coordination layer where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm checking these blocks. This is my so-and-so. And the people are like, yeah, I attest to that. That's good. And everyone who attests get money. People who propose blocks get money, so on and so forth. And so that's just going to keep going. And... In order to do this, you put money in the Ethereum 2 uh, smart contract, which is on the Ethereum 1 blockchain. So essentially, you lock up your Ethereum 1 in this smart contract on, Ethereum, on, on, the, on the original Ethereum blockchain. And when you do that, it mints, it, it basically locks yeah. it. It's, it's there forever. It's not going anywhere. And then it mints it on the Ethereum 2, and you start participating. So it's a transfer from of Ether from one blockchain to another. Now... You can't do anything on Ethereum 2 yet because we don't have shards. We don't have execution. It's not until like phase 1.5, which is going to be potentially, a, I don't know how long from now. Maybe maybe this year where we start actually putting storage on shards, which means there's no execution. You can't like run smart contracts. You can't process transactions. All you can do is put storage on the shards. And then what happens is from there, the layer twos, like all the roll-up implementations, can take take advantage of that storage and put all of their transactional storage on the shards of Ethereum 2. So then you start actually then you'll start seeing a drastic reduction in gas prices because layer twos are operating appropriately and they're able to scale really fast and do the number of transactions associated with the demand of decentralized finance right now or DeFi. Nothing's going to happen until then. All we're doing is locking up either. That's it. And still just like ramming Ethereum 1 with a bunch of transactions that it can't handle. Woo. Mm. <laughs> so that's what's happening, right? Like, like the, the DeFi space so... is blowing up. But we're, we have limited space on the Ethereum 1 blockchain to process all the transactions that DeFi wants to do. So the prices are going to go up. You can't do anything else. Until we have layer 2, which is... Mm. Optimism, which is an optimistic roll-up implementation, is very close, but it's only. I mean, there's, it remains to be seen whether or not uh, that does the trick of 
lowering lowering transaction fees as everyone migrates to the layer two. So what happens next, though? What happens next? I'm just fucking with, with you at with, this point. With what? I'm just okay. I'm just because there's a lot of things that happen <laughs> next. Like you know, I, mean, I was just, that, I was just okay. <laughs> I can, I can, it's, it's a I'm whole clusterfuck. Really. It's so much okay. stuff. So what does happen next? Okay. So <laughs> what, happens next is, what happens next is everyone migrates to layer twos that get released. <laughs> well, while Ethereum two continues to be developed. Okay. So when's that, that going to happen? Uh, so what he's saying months. is this show is, what Corey's trying to say is this show is brought to you by Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a block. No, I'm kidding. We have a is whole still? I think we're here. done. I think we're it's done with that, aren't we? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like throwing them a shout out. You know, they're a good company. They're well, doing their thing. It's great. <laughs> you know? I love it. Gravelage is great, dude. Might as well give them skyrocketed. Price, 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 price is great. Price is great. Great. But uh, yeah. also, I like. I mean, we, we they're a sponsor for I'm the region because we like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not. You know, we like them. It's not just because we're paid by them. I mean, we like them because we genuinely like them. If you ever, um, someone ever made that claim, you know, they can go to hell because I've been, I've been talking about them, having interviews with them for probably over a year before they actually gave us a sponsorship. Damn, Corey, you're so fire and brimstone. You could go to hell. You go, you go right to hell. You go, you go there. You stay there. Um, so, um, that's all I want to talk about before the interview. We can cut to the interview now. Jesse, I'll let you bring on the, in this uh, this interview. E. All right. Wait, who who's our interview for today? It's in the notes on the right. I was hoping you wouldn't say that. I was hoping you. <laughs> I was. Well, I was, we haven't done this. Like a, as of this recording, we want to get in the weeds and the secret sauce of how we make this show. Uh, it's really technical. We haven't done the interview yet. It's happening tomorrow. So, <laughs> uh, and this will come out after that. And so it's episode 336. We got Peter Jersik from Metagame. Whoever's watching the stream has seen that on the right this entire time because I have the chat. Uh, so oh, yeah, it's true. Let's go to let's go talk about Metagame. Pro- I don't care. It's why we're having producing fun. a show. No, we're not. We're talking yeah. to each other and then and then broadcasting it. That's we're all we're doing. We're being authentic, D. Yeah, audience, they're totally joking. We so, we interviewed. We're so good awesome at faking authenticity that D is ruining yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, like you know, don't listen to Corey and Jesse. We totally did this interview. It was way professional. We used microphones that were good. Like in here it is. Hello, everyone. This is Alicia, the producer. I am here to introduce our guest Petra of Meta Games with our host Jesse, the broke man. Uh, to talk about uh, this new way to think about building a community within uh, the Etho, uh, Ethereum ecosystem. And I'll leave it, take it to you, Jesse. All right, so Petter, talk to me. Tell me about who you are and what you do and how you came into the space, by the way. Yes, you want to, you want to start with the, the, the background? Like how yeah, sure actually have a bit of an unusual background um, I, I used to be a plumber and like a gas pipes engineer so like central heating systems uh-huh. <laughs> that kind of work but yeah I was always interested in like uh, alternative economic systems and like the Zeitgeist trilogy used to be like my favorite documentaries like the Venus project researching all kinds of like uh, off the grid villages resource based economy and I don't know yeah, all kinds of different uh, 
basically alternative economic systems. Interesting. Okay. And, yeah, and then I found Ethereum. And I was like, oh damn! This is like this is the the software layer. Like this is how to make any sort of economic system like, actually possible in a decentralized yeah. way. And it all kind of clicked into place. And, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So okay. I got into Ethereum and yeah, I never left Ethereum. I just went deep on it and that's where I've been. Okay. So how do you feel about Ethereum? Let me ask you about that. How do I feel about it? Yeah. So like ETH 2.0 versus like ETH right now, you know, all the gas fees, everything that the good and the bad. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the gas is, it's not fun. It's not fun to paying these uh, high gas prices. Yeah. Yeah, like with most use cases, people are getting around with like uh, layer two solutions, so like XDAI and things like that. Yep. Yeah. Main, mainnet is becoming unusable for anything that's not uh, DeFi, basically. Yep. Yep. So, so how how does? I feel like that would that would kind of poke a hole in, in your your idea that yeah you know, we could use Ethereum as like the software for building out you know lots of you know financial backend infrastructure for you know this you know, independent, uh, futuristic society, community, whatever, you know, wouldn't that poke holes? Like if, if transaction fees, like essentially your ability to, to move your money around is a little bit yeah. you know, inhibited. Yeah. It's kind of messed up. And our uh, seed market is also on, on mainnet currently. And it's, yeah, it's really expensive, but yeah, the hope is that, uh, by the time that we are finished building the, these uh, economic primitives in metagame, then mm -hmm. yeah, by then ethereum will be able to scale if not uh, through like uh, 2.0 stuff then at least through other like uh, less centralized uh, layer 2 tech mm. okay so tell me a little bit about metagame like what what is that i i have no idea right so i'll go i'll go uh, a bit back as well for this okay so in the first summer of the the bear winter the bear winter of 2017 until 2020. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was basically not doing anything. I got, yeah, I just uh, stopped paying attention to crypto after everything started crashing. Absolutely, that's what everybody and, does. Don't look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just took a step back and chilled out for a bit. And then after a while, I found uh, an article written by this dude called Peter Pan, who started the Meta Cartel DAO. And he he wrote a post saying basically how yeah we need to get our shit together and start start building more applications that we actually used on Ethereum and how Ethereum is about to lose its like uh, first move advantage because yeah all these all these Ethereum killers are coming in and uh, some of them even have like better onboarding systems and yeah how how yeah if we don't if we don't get serious about uh, building applications then it's all ruined. Mm -hmm. And that uh, yeah, that uh, vibe with me, so I just contacted him. And then I went out to meet him. He was coming to Ljubljana to uh, Year of the Dao meetup, mm -hmm. and then I went there to meet him, which is like less than a two-hour drive from my place. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he he onboarded me to the Meta Cartel. I really love the idea. So a little background on the Meta Cartel as well. They came together, basically trying to solve the issue that they all had because most of the founders had some kind of applications and mm -hmm. the big big uh, user experience problem is that the people need to have at least some ether to use any application mm -hmm. 
stations. So they came together and built a project called the Gas Station Network, which allowed the meta transactions. So for the applications to subsidize the the usage of their application for the users. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, but they decided to up, they built that. Then they decided, okay, so why don't we do more more good things for the ecosystem? And then just they started pulling together ether and just uh, giving grants to people who are building applications. You know, I uh, I joined the Meta Cartel like a few months ago because I was like, yeah, this looks pretty cool, and I, I it's very hard to get a hold of anybody. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, so I joined and I was like, wait, is this an organization? This is a Telegram chat. Where, yeah, where yeah, exactly. Like, I joined the Telegram. I was like, where the hell is everybody? Like, I see. I don't know. Everybody's asking, like, how do I, how do I get involved in the Telegram? And nobody's responding. Yeah, and uh, you, you joined the like the ecosystem chat or the actual DAO. Um, I believe I didn't join the DAO. I joined the okay. ecosystem chat. I, I would I would assume. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty confusing as well. Like uh, we are, we are trying to move everything over to Discord because yeah we have that makes more sense. Many Telegram chats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so basically, I joined the DAO and I was like, okay, first I joined the ecosystem chat. Like, okay, this is a chat. And yeah. Then I the DAO and like, wait, is this just another Telegram chat? Like, <laughs> where is the organization? Yeah, and so I started figuring out, figuring out like what kind of structure you have, like uh, uh-huh. some kind of a system to help people understand like what are the projects going on, like who are the people, who is working on what. And, How like, did you so, find that out? Because I still couldn't find that out. Just through talking to people mainly. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of effort. But it's yeah. like they're trying to make UI experience better, but of their own internal UI. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm horny. It's like shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I tried. I started writing this uh, paper that I called the uh, Meta Cartel Black Paper, which was huh. all about like uh, building a structure where people can, where it would be ma- made easier to like for people to for coming in to find out like yeah what's going on, what can they do, and yeah, all of that. And then I was uh, working out through this paper. I wrote the paper, and I started to to talk to all the Meta Cartel people. Mm-hmm. I went to Eat Berlin and Defcon and talked to a bunch more people there. Mm-hmm. And like the the more I thought about it and the more I wrote about it, and like actually the first time I, I wrote about it, like I wrote this, started writing this paper. Mm-hmm. And so I just sent it to Peter. And he's like, "Oh, nice! Here's six hundred dollars." Okay, like I didn't expect this. This, this nice. <laughs> Wait, Peter, Peter who? Peter, Peter, Peter Pan. Oh, Peter Pan. <laughs> That's not his real name, right? That's like a pseudonym. I actually think that's his real name. Peter Pan. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I think that's his actual name. And yeah, he got some money from Binance for like a fellowship and he just, okay, I'm just going to spray this money to all the people who are like creating value. In the mm-hmm. He just gave it to me, like someone. Yeah. Okay, awesome. But yeah, then I, like the more I wrote about it and thought about it, the more I was like, okay, if we are going to build this whole system, then it doesn't make sense to build it just for the meta cartel. We should make it so that other DAOs can join, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not just for this one DAO. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah around the time that uh, around Eat Berlin, and then after Eat Berlin, uh, had this idea that okay, this should be called a meta game. Mm-hmm. Like the the genre would be like uh, called a massive online coordination game. 
we, we had this trip uh, after after this week of conferences like 30 people going around uh, hiking and mm-hmm. we had a lot of coordination problems <laughs> and uh, just the whole day this was like the main topic like coordination problems not just uh, in meta cartel but like society at large uh-huh. like Ethereum ecosystem and crypto whole cryptosphere and all that mm-hmm. and coordination 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 and then by the end of the day like okay it's a massive online coordination game that's what it is so and yeah in the beginning i used to explain to people as like okay so you take like a freelancing platform you take social media and you take world of warcraft and you just smash it all into one okay <laughs> so like a real life mmorpg yeah and they decided to call it the meta game and so yeah it still depends like who asks me so sometimes I just say it's like yeah just like a real life MMORPG yeah like if a, if a freelancer asks me then it's like yeah it's like a user owned uh, freelancing platform sure okay and if like a political philosopher asks me then it's like an anarcho-syndicalist wedding <laughs> <laughs> you, you, yeah. you tailor the definition to what they know best <laughs> that what might entice them to join yeah exactly I got you so so how is this so this is increasing the other DAOs to join MetaCartel DAO? Not really. So okay. the MetaCartel so like the three main uh, like types of participants in the meta game would be like a player, which is mm-hmm. a, like a human being. Mm-hmm. And then there are guilds, which are like uh, groups of people that are like either working on a project or offering a service so they can mm-hmm. like project guild or they can be a service guild or they can be like a funding guild okay like a media guild so different types of guilds and then there are alliances which are just groups of guilds and yeah so meta cartel is an alliance because meta cartel already has like 20 30 projects that are like members of the meta cartel mm-hmm. a bunch of people mm-hmm. so they are considered an alliance and we only have yeah, so we have three alliances. So one of them is Meta Cartel. Uh, one of them is like us, like MetaFan, which is yeah, also a DAO of its own. Mm-hmm. And we have the, the Bloom Network, which is sort of like metagame in a way, but they're like focused on like real world problems. They are not in crypto. They're like, they're here to use peop- uh, like the tools that we are building in crypto, mm-hmm. but they're like a, like a grassroots network, like uh, solving hunger in that country. And other countries, yeah, it's a full story project. And then in, Met- in Metagame itself, so like MetaFam is comprised of 14 guilds. We had a bunch more that we wanted to join, but we wanted to limit it for now. For mm-hmm. One to 14. Okay, so, so, so step one is like organization. So is step two like, you know, working on pushing productivity, like uh, efficacy of guilds? yeah just like if you're starting a project in crypto it can be like really confusing like uh, a lot of the people joining don't, don't even know like uh, what kind of tools and frameworks they could be using to build mm-hmm. uh, and they have a problem uh, getting funding and other kinds of problems so we're trying to build this, this basically one stop where people can just come in and they can find any uh, any kind of resource that they need to for building a project any kind of information or like teammates Oh, man that sounds cool i want to join that now we're just yeah, we <laughs> and uh, like or now we are mainly focusing on like serving like 
individual humans so like okay. people who are just joining the space basically trying to like explain to them like what's the significance of this technology like why are we here mm -hmm. things like that and trying to inform them on what are like uh, decentralized organizations and what, uh, how, how to build decentralized applications what kind of uh, DAOs can they join mm -hmm. basically building like an onboarding machine yeah okay i i so there there's been a there's actually a few different groups in this space that are doing the same thing but not you know mmo rpg theme but they're all underlying the, the the underlying goal of all of these groups is essentially the same which is you know base level organization and um in some cases incentivization they actually layer um organization with incentivization and some sort of like um lockup schemes so i mean you guys have DAOs. that's great um, but it just seems like, like, I don't know if, if that's the first, this, the natural first step. Um, do, do you, you ever like think about like specific projects besides just like the structure of setting up something to tackle projects in the future? Like specific projects for metagame or like in general? Yeah. In general. Cause like everybody's like. I feel like nobody knows a good idea to develop. I don't know. Like, they do, but, like, they're all information-based because that's all that's it, that's flowing, right? It's like you, the blockchains are transparent for, like, every project for, for the most part. And so, like, everybody's, like, harvesting data at this point, and they're creating these organizational structures. They're creating these DAOs also to invest, essentially. They hold funds differently, right, to make decisions as, as a group. Now, I... What happened to like developing specific dApps to solve specific problems? Is that like, like yeah, 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 things that are needed? Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, people who are joining and who know, like they have the skills and they want to start trying them out. Yeah, and they don't really know what's needed. So like, if they built like a hundred uh, trading card card trading. Game. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like there, there's so many of them. Okay. Yeah. You know what yeah, I, mean. I think that's yeah, that's absolutely like a problem that needs to be solved. So like creating an information layer between the people who have been in the space for a long time and who know like what are the pain points and what are like the areas to explore and like what yeah. kind of application people should be experimenting with, and yeah, sharing that information with uh, people who are just joining and like trying looking for ideas on what to build. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely something to, something we should do. Because like you know, DeFi is going crazy. Like once you. I feel like everybody who ends up in crypto is either from like a I, idealistic standpoint where like they learn enough about money that they're like, hmm, I don't really like money, like money in terms of fiat, right? There's a better way to do this, right? So they'll come at it from that way or they'll be like, you know, like, oh, huge, insane gains. I like crypto now or like, I don't know, like you name some. Like uh, different kinds of use cases, or what well, the, the way the ways that people come into crypto, and I guess like the way that DeFi, like DeFi is just like exploding because everybody's like super hungry for money. Like I feel, I feel like the, the center of DeFi is just yeah. like greed, right? Pure greed. Right. Yeah. I think the other main uh, direction that people are coming from lately is the NFTs. So like the the whole uh, art space has been blowing up. I actually found more awesome uh, to me. Yeah, I, I've seen an article about a gallery in Crypto Voxels in like the local newspaper, and I'm from a really small town of like, of like 
50,000 people. I was like, what? what? So oh, wow. I immediately contacted the person who, like, who, who the article was about. Yeah. And I went out to meet him. And it turned out that he didn't even, he wasn't even in crypto. Like before, he just, uh, he was uh, trying to yeah, make his art digital. And yeah. someone found out about NFTs. And then he got, he dived into crypto, like through the, the crypto art space. And I think like more and more people are coming from that direction. Like the musicians who are like sick of iTunes and they're like, like joining through audio. Like what, what is it called? The, not audible, but like oh damn, the the application that's uh, basically like something between an iTunes and the SoundCloud, SoundCloud, but it's user owned. Hmm. Uh, audios, audios, right? Audios. Okay, never heard of that one. That's new to me. So that like yeah, the, so the all the, all the NFT trading uh, places and, like crypto voxels for the artists to make their galleries. Yeah, those are those are seeing some good action. Yeah, that's that's, that's that seems to me like to at least be I don't know less about pure greed, which I kind of like. Mm. More wholesome, you know. Like I went to the crypto voxel gallery. Like I was just walking around, you know, just checking it out you know it looks pretty cool you know i saw a lot of dicks everywhere <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's it's it's, a, it's it was all good um, uh, i don't know what do you do you want to talk to anything in particular about anything yeah you seem like you you take a lot of initiative to like go places physically like go to things for me like i i just uh i just talk to people online <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's mostly been like that for me too this year yeah oh that's true yeah covid <laughs> yeah and uh, i started a podcast as well <laughs> oh nice okay so how, how has that been we're on like our 10th episode i think yeah I just published the 10th episode last week nice actually started uh, three podcasts <laughs> we started <laughs> <laughs> so we started the first podcast, podcast, which is called the MetaView podcast, which uh-huh. is like the MetaGames podcast. Yeah. And then I saw this dude shared an idea of like, what, like, what if somebody made a podcast that was like, you interview someone, and then that someone interviews the next person, and then <laughs> interviews the next person. Yeah, yeah. Sort of roles like that. And I decided to like take it a step further, and yeah. I actually. I interviewed the uh, Magenta from the Blue Network because yeah, the project is somewhat similar to MetaGame. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, so let's talk. And then you go record uh, like some, like, uh, so the idea was that we are going to start two, two podcasts from one Genesis episode. Uh-huh. And the podcast will be called like the Autonomous A and the Autonomous B. Uh-huh. And so the, the Autonomous A would be about like uh, solving world's problems with technology. And uh-huh. the autonomous B will be about uh, solving the problems through like a grassroots organizations, and so it's been spreading. And what what's, what was funny actually is that like my first uh, I went on after the rec- recording the podcast with her. I went on to interview Vinay Gupta, and then she went on to interview Nelson Melina, uh-huh. and Nelson Melina and Vinay Gupta were neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny little coincidence. So, so, so it's like a, it's a lot about information. It seems like like you're you're taking in information, you're spreading information about 
crypto and and the organizational structures behind it um yeah yeah trying to build yeah because the information like most of it already exists it's just not in the right space like people are like okay so i want to join crypto like where do i go and like um here's this youtube video <laughs> yeah like, um, go to this subreddit yeah it's like there's no like one space that like can send you to all the different directions that you might want to explore or like explaining it in a way that you will find like Okay, so what is the blockchain? Mm, so there are miners, so <laughs> like nobody cares. Like they want to know what are the use cases. Like if he's a musician, he wants to know about a platform that won't rip him off. That's true. Yeah, you know, the, the the explanation should be like based on people's backgrounds. Hmm. I saw a list somewhere. If you Google like open source DApp projects, like there's a list, mm -hmm. and it tells you the name of the project, and it tells you like in parentheses like what it's for. Right. Yeah. Maybe like, is that, is that somehow like useful to like, I don't know. I think so. Like uh, a few years back, there was this website that was called, uh, what the fuck is Ethereum? And then yeah. you opened it, it has like a basic explanation. And then it had like a drop down list and like you click the drop down and said, like, explain to me like M5, explain it to me as uh, if I want to make good rich, explain it to yeah. me like as I'm a musician, explain it to me like different like different uh, kinds of explanations if you need something like that is definitely needed and we'll be building that sort of like an onboarding bot that like takes people to yeah, the directions that they want to explore it from because yeah just you can't just explain it in the same way to everyone because it just doesn't click that's true you know i actually forget about that because for me um my background is also engineering so like i with the parts that i couldn't understand um, I just asked around and like, you know, eventually I asked enough people and I could piece together enough of, you know, how essentially Bitcoin works. Um, like I, you know, doing the hashes, like doing the, the SHA-256 hash by hand on, on like piece of paper of like the mm -hmm. nonce that belongs to the, uh, block, the next block header, like, like, and making it click like that and like understanding the randomness that comes from, you know, using, um, ECDSA stuff. Right. So it's like. But like I guess you're right. Like I don't think about it. Like a musician doesn't care about that. Yeah, musicians don't even understand. <laughs> like, you, you're an engineer, so you like you had a context that you can place it in. Yeah. Like a musician, you start talking to them to them about the hashes, and you're like, they just zone out. <laughs> How do I make music? Make music block <laughs> Okay, yeah. I, I I get it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't. Yeah. That's good. That's that's good that you you think of that. I just, I, I'm just like, uh, I'm too deep, man. I'm too deep sometimes. <laughs> so they're like Merkle trees. You know what? I okay. So I don't think of myself as a nerd, right? But I just realized I might be a nerd, and <laughs> this is why. Let me explain. So, I a friend was asking me about keyboards, right? Recently. Um, in fact, it was Corey. Corey was asking me about keyboards. He was like, hey, how do I get a silent click out of my keyboard? And I told him, hey, what kind of click do you want? Do you want a thick click? Or do you want like a like a, like a a thack? Like there's thick, thack, and like fuck, you know? Like there are different sounds that your clack of the key can make. Which do you want? Like, do you want tactile <laughs> feedback? Like, and then I and he was like, yeah, I don't care about that, dude. Like, I just want, like, like I don't want to pay a lot. And I was like, oh, fuck. 
because like i was explaining to him like holy pandas xylan switches tangerines like alpacas and he was like what what are you talking about like he like nobody <laughs> nobody even cares, you know and i was just like man i see i see where i am now okay right yeah yeah and mo most people don't care about like so much detail like they want something that works and like they like not nobody's going to i mean nobody like people like us go into like detail researching what they're buying like but most yeah. people just want just want a recommendation for something that is good and don't care about like okay but if you want to tailor it like really specifically to your needs like yeah to get that like this hundred percent out of it then you have to like yeah gotta go really enthusiast go level yeah Okay. Hmm. I'm learning a lot about life from this conversation. <laughs> My recommendations are shit. I need to like just hey, just get those uh razor switches or no, I don't know, MX Cherry MX Silent Reds. Call it a day. You don't have to lube and film your switches. All right. Right. Uh. Well, what 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 else do you want to talk about? feel like do you want to talk more about metagame or we can go like back to the like the problem of use cases i think like yeah the reason we haven't like started tackling that because is mainly because we're focusing on like individuals so like uh, helping them find existing uh, projects for that are building things so like they're like uh, one high or raid build mm. which are projects somewhat similar to metagame that are building uh, things for other projects as well but uh, mainly I mean, one have is mainly building for themselves. So, like, if you want to build something, you should probably start helping other people build their thing first. Like, that's how okay. you get experience. Yeah. And then that's like that's how we will meet people and see the pain points and go on from there. So they're like, there's a chronic lack of competent builders in the space. Yeah. Um, okay. You want to talk about that, like specifically? I don't think there's much more to say. Like, just yeah, just sending people in the right direction, so like they they can come into metagame and then they say, okay, maybe I can stay here because metagame has a bunch of projects that we're working on. Yeah. And then if they don't see anything interesting, then they go like to another DAO and just join there and find something to work there. And yeah. And yeah, in metagame we're trying to make it so that really. First of all, we're spreading in all kinds of directions. So we have the podcasts, we have some some people making videos and like a lot of memes. So we're trying to make it so it's not just about the building. And that's a general like uh, misconception that people have. Like, okay, I want to join the space, but I'm not a developer, so I'm not useful. Like, that's like really far from true. Like, there's so many things that you could be doing. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we're trying to explain to people and like really lower the the contribution bar. So like. There's always some things that in metagame that can be done, but like by like literally anyone who doesn't even have any skills whatsoever. Like there's always something that you can do and earn some, a bit from it. So like even even uh, for example, when we record a podcast, then uh, yeah. somebody needs to find a clip from the podcast that like the most interesting uh, uh, two minutes of the podcast. And then mm -hmm. I just post the podcast and then like. Uh, with a question okay so listen to the podcast and find the part that's most interesting and then if we make a video from that part then you get some tokens okay so i guess yeah we can get into the system like how how metagame works 
Yeah, let's do that. I think that would be interesting. So like the the way the DAOs currently work, at least uh, like 99% of them is through having like a central treasury and voting on proposals. So like whatever you want to do or get some money, like you have to uh, submit a proposal, then people have to vote and then you get the money. Mm-hmm. And that's not really like, first of all, it, a lot of DAOs end up pretty centralized because the voting power is based on money. And mm-hmm. so you don't, like, instead of having the people on the front lines making decisions, it's all like still, it's kind of still top down. It's just technologically decentralized. Yeah. Uh, but it's like still like, it's not really, it's not made for like moving fast. Like if you want to build like a startup, then you need to, people to be able to like build things and get paid easier, like not having to make proposals for everything and then get make more proposals to get paid and it just slows things down. Like yeah. most of the DAO frameworks, like what they're useful for is like for grant giving organizations or like investment vehicles, but it's not, they weren't like actually made for doing things. Yeah, yeah, and I can see so that. What yeah, and what we're doing differently is we are using this project called uh, SourceCAD, which mm-hmm. is you hook it up to GitHub, you hook it up to the forums and the Discord, and it basically tracks everything that's going on. So like uh, on Discord, it's based on like uh, people give reactions to your message, and then on that you get uh, like uh, these XP points. Mm-hmm. On GitHub, it depends on like uh, when you build something, so people build on top of it. That means that what you build was useful. Mm. Okay, and so it's like it's like yeah. Steam it, except for GitHub. So and and like something like that, right? Yeah. So like you make more yeah, commits, way. activity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like Steam it, but it's not about content. But yeah, you just right. hook it up and it tracks everything that's going on inside a community. Interesting. So like you don't you don't have to start a post about it. You just write a message and Discord. And so yeah. so you can really go go super granular on how you define the weights. So like you can have one channel that's like super high weight, yeah. and then you have like a tavern chat, which is like you can get a lot of uh, reactions there, but it's not worth much. And so you connect uh, GitHub to Discord. Is that what you said? Source cred. Yes, yeah, source connect uh, hooks into all the platforms that you're using. Right now, it it, it can only connect to uh, GitHub, uh, Discord, and Discourse. But yeah, whoever wants to build another plugin, they can just build another plugin to connect it to other uh, other platforms. Yeah. yeah, because yeah, it's open source. This is great, and it's actually a really cool project. Like it's it was made by like it's, it was made by a non crypto guy. I mean, he's 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 into crypto now. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a guy. At least not how they want to get referred to as. So it's they them. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And so, yeah, apologies if you're listening to this dandelion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they started the project so, like, uh, to help uh, open source project get uh, funding, I guess, like, uh, help check who contributed to what and then have, it, have a more efficient way for uh, distributing funds. So, like, instead of having uh, some people get like sponsorship, yeah, like the whole project get the sponsorship and then it get dispersed based on the cred that's. Uh, that's gained that's tracked through the system and they were working at uh, google actually when they came up with this idea interesting and, and so actually is based on uh on uh what is it called hold on i forgot the word 
PageRank algorithm. So like uh, that's what allows people like uh, to make it harder to game the system. So like you can just uh, have a friend and you just like upvote each other's work and you create infinite money. Okay. So the, the weight is also based on like uh, how much the person giving the credit has. Yeah. And how much uh, different like initiatives are worth. What is what? Is, what was the word you said? Was it paging? Page rank. Page yeah, rank. That's what Google uses to rank the websites. So like, okay, you know how the they there there used to be this really shitty website that you just like backlink to a bunch of other websites, and that mm. that that was used to like boost pages in the Google search. I didn't know that. Google, yeah, then then Google added this like page rank, which made it so that like a uh, high high value website create more reputation for lower weight, but uh, like useless websites don't create any any reputation for like other websites yeah it sounds like um there's that one project um let me find it bright id they use a similar system right for mm -hmm. verification and also uh credibility right yeah yeah bright should... id is a cool project huh bright id is a cool project yeah yeah i agree um yeah. Their founder, is, uh, Philip, is uh, also a player in metagames. So we're oh, probably okay. going to be integrating it into the my meta profiles, which I guess I should also touch upon in a bit. Okay, let's uh, get the, back to the system. Yeah, yeah. So we have the the source code, which is used to track what's going on in these platforms, mm. and then like uh, whatever gets. Uh, so we have this. Uh, channel that's called data thing so that's for like posting the higher bigger chunks of work that's not uh, like properly tracked to through these uh, platforms like whatever is in github that gets like rewarded properly but whatever is like outside of these platforms like it's, it's impossible to track so we have this channel uh -huh. where, like uh, other things are rewarded and then like if it still misses some things that they, they can be manually added and uh, so we have that where like source code is the first uh, big big part so like the first 30 percent i guess of this whole system and then we have the aragon dao but i mean in that place you can put any sort of other uh, like token minting mechanism mm -hmm. so we yeah so you mint tokens through aragon or whatever other way mm -hmm. and then we use a balancer to then we use the balancer to start the seed market so to make the to make our tokens liquid Interesting. For the first year, it was just yeah, people were getting the tokens, but nobody was able to sell them. So then we we finished the system with by implementing this final piece, which is the seed market, and it's it's been going pretty good actually. People have been adding liquidity. We have something like almost half a million dollars in liquidity, and the mm -hmm. token itself, like the market cap, is just a bit over a million. So that's like. That's awesome. A big chunk. That's a big chunk in the liquidity. Yeah, I mean, like a thousand dollars still moves the price by 0.7 percent, which is not ideal. But yeah, considering the market cap of the project as a whole is so tiny, then that's actually not bad. Yeah. And yeah, we we like we compose this system, which is like a yeah, source cred, Aragon, and Balancer, and we call this the Metasys. And yeah, I think a lot of the DAOs will be using this to build uh, projects this year like we were the first to actually use sourced besides it, the source team itself yeah we were the first to mint tokens based on cred because uh, yeah they were not doing that 
also the first tool like uh, to use the Discord plugin. And the first tool we have to use all of that to mint the token and make it tradable. And uh, I think that's this whole system, like these three components really will allow a lot of cool projects to like to yeah to start as DAOs instead of like uh, centralized startups. Yeah, so I think this this will be really something to look for in twenty twenty one. I think a lot of projects will be using uh, like a variation on, on this system. Now, what you were talking about earlier, just to touch up on that, you said DAOs essentially slow, fast progress, fast moving small groups, right? Right. Right. So, um, if if somebody has a new project. Like, let's say I have a new project idea and um, wouldn't I be inhibited by the the DAO structure? Yeah, like if it's an original DAO, like if you just use the Aragon and use voting to do things, then yes. But if yeah. you're using uh, this system that we are using with SourceThread, mm-hmm. it's like you don't really like it's all permissionless. So you can just come in, do things and get rewarded. Like if you do something good. You just get yeah. paid. You don't have to like submit a proposal to do something. You don't have to submit a proposal to get paid. You just do it, and if it's like valuable, then you get paid. Like it's really, it makes it super simple. How do you guys? How do you guys like? Is somebody auditing? Like, let's say somebody like uh, does uh, like code code related upgrades to a project. Mm-hmm. Is there somebody like who's automatically like their like their job is to like audit the changes that are being pushed? I mean, we have people who review uh, pull requests on yeah on GitHub. We I don't think anybody did, did like an actual audit. Okay. But yeah, I mean, PRs get reviewed. But so mm. far, we haven't built anything that's like that actually needs a review. So we haven't built any of the on-chain stuff. Like whatever yeah. we are using on Ethereum is what already exists, pretty much. And this is so. This is only for Ethereum. So like, if I if I wanted to build on a different um network but i still wanted to use the same or like i guess same infrastructure i couldn't right um, well source is completely agnostic to like what kind of blockchain we want to use since like it doesn't even need uh, a blockchain yeah and then like whatever other chain that you want to use it just needs to have the ability to mint tokens and in some kind of like automated uh, market making uh, application. Uh huh. So, so like, so like balancer, you can use the balancer. Like you can use balancer, Uniswap, like uh, Sushi Swap, whatever you want. To. Like we are using balancer because it allows us to set uh, different. Uh, it allows us to change the the ratio of the tokens inside the pool, yeah. and it allows us to control the pool through the through the DAO. But like, yeah, you can use whatever other automated money maker i mean you don't even have to use an automated money make money market maker you can just use a like a normal dex if you want to but yeah yeah hmm. yeah it's not it's not it's not tied to ethereum no okay so so beyond the system of how uh, how you guys have incorporated using source spread how you guys have um, incorporated using um basically token generation and liquidity um mm-hmm. creation what other what other aspects of metagame are kind of unique to what you guys are doing, or that maybe you want to talk about? Yeah, so I think yeah, the, the idea of spreading like doing all, all kinds of things different 
so yeah the, the podcast we did uh, was organized the first uh, virtual conference like when the corona just started we organized a hackathon yeah no, a, a bunch of other things that we did but it was all, all uh, tracked through social and rewarded with this system and yeah. then on the technical side of the project we uh, the first uh, project that we started building was were the my meta profiles uh-huh. so these are i think share my screen if you want to see it. Sure, sure. This is like the design. So okay. the idea was that yeah, I have this uh, one profile that uh, should be like a super modular so that people yeah. can change the wallpaper, can change the color scheme. Okay. And then it has uh, like it has uh, your skills. It has like different uh, links to your other social media. Yeah. It has uh, like a list of uh, DAOs that you are a member of. Yeah. It has like the NFT gallery. You can pin the posts and uh, do whatever you want. It's like MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a decentralized uh, LinkedIn page. Okay. Uh, yeah. We yeah. just, we just uh, hope that uh, we won't end up as MySpace. Like when I was calling it my meta, I was actually thinking about MySpace. And, like, it's fine. Like maybe we will end up like MySpace, but yeah, it's needed right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so that's the like the the basic profile. Cool. Yeah, so we have also this uh, like uh, trust button, which is sort of like uh, add as friend, but instead of just like a normal add as friend, it should be like with skin in the game. So like you either exchange some personal tokens, or if you don't have personal tokens, then you stake for each other. Yeah. And then the collab is supposed to open a dialogue, which uh, like. Uh, is like starting a contract with the player so you can set like an escrow and ask the player to do something for you that's and pretty the idea is that, yeah, and the idea is like we're not building it for ourselves so like uh, we need it and we are, we are building it for ourselves but the idea is that uh, other organizations can also use it for their own uh, member directories yeah so that's the idea and this is like it's it's super basic and, uh, like you can see you get the point yeah so one thing like i i i struggle with is like um it's probably because i haven't gone deep enough in a while um because like i guess yeah for me for me like being a degenerate trader and learning about the space <laughs> was, was was yielding me enough but uh i feel like yeah like going deeper nft stuff like how how to aggregate all the nfts you own and being able to like interact with them usefully seems like mm. an next logical step um and i know that there's like different marketplace like what's that nft marketplace um like the big one open c open c there it is yeah um but maybe something else could be done versus just like a bazaar of nfts look at all your <laughs> This is uh, using OpenSea's uh, API, actually. I see. But there's yeah, there's a lot of things you can do with uh, with the NFTs. So we have this project called the Achievement Factory. Yeah. Which the idea was that uh, we wanted to start uh, minting these achievement NFTs for metagame. Yeah. And then Raid Guild also wanted to start doing that, and we're like, okay, so why don't we start a project that's like specifically for this? Yeah. So instead of like having a service inside metagame 
we started a DAO that's like a DAO of its own that's specifically made for like uh, minting achievement NFTs for other DAOs. And so right now I think it's what is it? So there is a, a DAO house, Raid Guild, Metagame, Maki X, Metacafel, One Hive, Depot, Whale, and Lex DAO. Yeah. And they are they are trying really cool things with NFTs. So like uh, NFTs that allow you to like have a custom theme for the website and I don't know all kinds of uh, <laughs> crazy experiments with uh, the NFTs. Yeah. I know that uh, DeFi projects are starting to like issue NFTs at somehow do DeFi things, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure where that's. I don't know. There's just so much going on in this space. I don't. I don't know how you keep yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> I. I mean, I. I don't even think I do like keep up. I. I have a vague idea of what's going on, but yeah, it's. I don't think it's at this point it's even possible to like stay on top of things. Yeah. Well, this is all pretty cool. Achievement. Achievement. Die. See, but like what like like say somebody spends a die on on Moby Moby Dow's Christmas, this card. So I'll tell you the audience what I'm looking at. So I'm looking at like a web page with like a bunch of NFTs. And uh, they have little graphics associated with them and of course, you know, titles and mm-hmm. then their prices and the quantity and then um you know whether they're um, still in in stock or not. Um, but like like what what it what is a normal person? Well, not no. Forget about a normal person like me, like an enthusiast, <laughs> right? What am I gonna do with this still though? What are you gonna do with an NFT? Yeah, I don't know. But like it depends on what kind of NFT it is. Like uh, if it's a key NFT, so they have like NFTs that used for like minting NFTs or like NFT yeah. that used to access a community. So in that case, it's obvious like what you're gonna do with it. Yeah. But if it's like an art NFT, like a collectible, then like I don't know, like you do the same thing that we do that if you buy like a stick figurine of Star Wars or some shit. Sure. Yeah. You just hoard it until it becomes. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. You buy like a a tablet for you to mount it on your wall or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that's part of the reason why why we have them in the profiles because right now people collect them but there's no like cool way of displaying them uh-huh. and so like this this was the one place that like okay so you put your nfts here and then other people can see them and like you can break about them NFTs. yeah like <laughs> yeah. your ten thousand dollar crypto kitty <laughs> yeah right <laughs> exactly interesting that's that's so you know like Pokemon cards they like they came in the nineties and then they died out right mm-hmm. and then and then they made a resurgence again recently right in the past few years mm-hmm. I don't know if mm-hmm. NFTs are ever gonna be like that though like what making you, a resurgence or getting the big getting that big yeah I don't know I mean it depends like uh, a random NFTs won't but I think like people who are like making actual collectibles yeah will probably i mean probably i guess that's what i think yeah is that they will be using uh making minting nfts to like make it uh, provable that it's a unique object yeah so like uh materium is using it like they are minting uh, nfts to like go with uh, like actual physical collectibles yeah so like 
Star Trek figurines. So yes, that's, that's one one good use case. Like the yeah. the Crypto Kitties, probably. I mean, probably. I don't know. So I don't know what's going to happen with Crypto Kitties, but like most other NFT projects that are just like projects of their own will probably die out. But I think yeah, like uh, people will be using them the same way that they're that collectibles in general are still like uh, a thing. Like yeah. You can make a NFT for uh, your Pokemon card to to prove that it's yours. Yeah. But besides, okay, so besides that use case and access, is there any other utility to having an NFT? So like um, minting and access mm. and just rarity, like associating physical one-to-one tracking. So those three use cases, is there anything besides that that NFTs might be useful for? They're also using them to, for like, uh, there's this, I think, uh, like a house marketplace. <laughs> so you can have, like, you can turn your house in a, into an NFT. Like basically, okay. you, mean, you know, anything can be tokenized. Yeah. So, like, besides, like, uh, tokenizing actual physical objects. Yeah. F- like, what I mentioned previously is, like, having them as a customization for your, for the way that the website is displayed to you or, like, kind of out there but yeah interesting you ever like so i don't do you do you mind if i ask you how old you are no not at all how old are you 26 26 okay so you i'm 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 29 i think yeah i'm 29 i'm kind of forgetting getting so old um so so you've been around with like you know when gaming kind of like uh i never played the game but you probably know of the game second life Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to those people who bought like you know hundreds of thousands of dollars houses in that virtual world? Like, is it even holding its value? I have no idea. Yeah, I wonder. Might be useful to like see because like you know nothing. I feel like I feel like we we're not really making anything new. Like we mm-hmm. are, in some cases, but in some cases we're not. We're just we're just taking an old idea and, and repackaging it in the new and <laughs> yeah. in, in, you know, and just adding like NFTs to it or like adding uh, fucking tokens to it. Right. And the psychology mm. of tokenomics is, is pretty well understood. Um, mm. Like I'm just wondering if we're actually going to make anything useful. You know what I mean? I think with NFT specifically, it will be useful because it's solving like an actual problem that exists, which is that you can't prove like if it's an authentic uh, collectible, like if you're buying thing on an eBay, you just don't know like what you're buying. But yeah, NFT, in theory, you should be able to prove it. Yeah. So with NFTs, yes, but I absolutely agree that uh, a lot of the space is just recreating the, the old systems and just slapping the tokens on top of it. And it's... It's not going to get as far, that's for sure. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Is there anything else you want to talk to? Or talk about? Yeah, I mean, I could touch on, like, what's, uh, like, now that we've come pretty far with the, my meta profile, so the next thing that we're going to be building is what we're calling the meta OS. And it's building on top of the idea that we had, like, originally when starting MetaGame which is that a lot of these uh, like tools and uh, applications and like uh, yeah, all of these different uh, 
things already exist, but there's, there's nothing like bringing them together. So we have, uh, yeah, like Tribox is an identity system, but it's not, it was really integrated inside the dev applications. Then you have like a balancer on one website, you have Aragon on other website. Like yeah. all, the, all the applications had their own websites and they were all uh, separate. And the idea with Metagame was always that we're not going to try to like reinvent the wheel. We're going to try to bring together different, uh, all of these different applications that already exist. And so you can see it how we, how we did that with Metasys and just using the tools that already exist. Yeah. Then the, my meta profiles are based on Treebox. And then the idea with uh, the Meta OS is that it's going to be like a single interface where you can integrate uh, other uh, like interactions with other decentralized applications. So that you can yeah, access all of your all of your Ethereum stuff and applications and whatnot from yeah from a single interface. Hmm. Uh, there there were projects like doing something similar, for example, the InstaDAP and things like that for like bringing together making a single interface for interacting with uh, DeFi. Mm-hmm. But there isn't a project that's doing that like uh, general ecosystem. Yeah, that that seems useful to be done. This whole space is funny. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you kind of feel the same way, but I just, I don't know. Yeah, nothing really actually works (laughs) in a way. Like, I mean, I mean, this year has been pretty good. Like, there were like things started working, Uh but like on a social layer specifically, like. These there are these decentralized applications that, yeah, I guess now like DeFi is blowing up and there's a lot of things that work there, uh-huh. but like the social infrastructure is non-existent. Like we still right. use Twitter, like what the fuck? Like, <laughs> we still use Twitter <laughs> and all these other centralized like yeah. Tools. So like Corey's working on status, so like I feel like I feel like having like a a, a messaging centralized right. messaging protocol for for crypto makes sense, right? But somebody needs to do it well, and and it needs to get adopted. And right, I don't know yeah, how to do that. Yeah, can't doing it like bringing things together into a single interface. Yeah, uh, that's a cool project. Hmm. And what uh, what was I going to say? Uh, my mind just slipped. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're talking about how uh, um, how. You like? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that, like, not just uh, like communications layer. So like, uh, people use Twitter and uh, I don't know Reddit, right? But like project management stuff. So like uh, Notion and Airtable and all these tools, things like that, like tools that are used for building things. Yeah, and even, even GitHub itself, they're like centralized. I mean, GitHub at least is like when you GitHub itself as a service is centralized, but you can build the projects in a decentralized way. Yeah, so like there's this uh, pull push system with reviews and all, mm-hmm. but like uh, Notion and Airtable and Trello and like all of these different tools for like managing projects are right. made for for top down projects. They're like they're not they don't have like a proper version control. They don't have like a way of actually giving uh, different kind of access levels. They're not made for like building things in a decentralized way. Okay, and I think that's 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 what we need. So somebody needs to build out decentralized Trello notion, something like that. Yeah. 
Okay. And yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Like the yeah. first thing we we want to build for ourselves after the my meta profiles is the like the questing system. So like the ability to post uh, tasks in a decentralized way. So yeah. We'll to, yeah. So that we don't uh, <laughs> use Notion that has an admin. Just go there and write a quest, but instead, like, have it so that any player of meta game that has like enough seeds or like wants to stake them, they yeah. can just post a quest. Hmm. If if there is one thing you could fix about what's making what you want to do difficult, what would it be? Like, uh, what's my problem right now, or just the Ethereum as a the space as a whole? Uh, no, like, like your problem for for metagame. Like, if you could fix one mm. thing, like maybe it's adoption. Maybe you wanted to get adopted. Well, I mean, that, that seems like too easy, low hanging fruit. But like, besides mm, that, I think staking. So right now, people, since it's so like super open, that a lot uh-huh. of people just come in, they say, okay, I'm going to do this, and then they just don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how it how it goes, and so like in meta game we have an idea that like just when we started meta game, yeah. Since we started meta game, that like we don't want to have it so that like people have this uh, reputation system with like a five star rating. So like you do you rate other people, and like you have your own rating because like that's <laughs> super dystopian. Uh huh. And instead of that, like we want people to stake. So like you want to take a task, you stake, and then if you if you complete a task, you get your stake back plus the pay. If you fail at the task, then you lose your stake. And if you like can't agree with whoever made the quest to like who if you completed it or not, or like yeah. if it's satisfactory or not, then it could get arbitrated to through like uh Kleros or some other kind of uh, decentralized that's, arbitration that's exactly system. Exactly what I wanted to work on. So like I have I've had yeah. this project idea. So I have this physical product that I made. A company around in a in a um, physical product, um, mm-hmm. and it was it was called Boost Blocks. So it was a gummy. Um, it was it was essentially like a gummified pre workout, which there are only a few on the market. And I realized that I could make the product better, essentially, and so I did. Right, mm-hmm. um, but then I ran out of time because I have other things that I'm trying to do as well in my life. Um, <laughs> So like the company was fine, I, I you know the the business back end production fine, but I I, I couldn't scale it because it was just you know me and my sister and we we made like many units to test and essentially get like decent flavor profiles whatever right, um, shipping everything you know all the all the things associated with having a physical product, and then I realized I do a lot of crypto stuff at least I I I did you know a few years back and then I was like, um. I want to merge the two, right? So like the whole idea of using like an NFT that pairs with a physical object to give you essential ownership and then also access to the community and also what you were talking about. So I think there's this problem of like, I'll, I'll put my money here or, or not, not necessarily, not necessarily my money, but I'll say that I'm going to do something, but maybe I don't do it. Now that may be because I have other time commitments or whatever, but I feel like money speaks to everybody you know <laughs> if, if and, and that's exactly the sort of system i wanted to build with boost blocks it's, it's essentially the fact that you stake a certain amount of so like you purchase the physical item right i'm just going to give you my idea because like i that 
I'm, I'm going to try and build it so it doesn't matter. But I don't really care. I, I'm, I, I have a million ideas. But anyway, <laughs> um, so you buy the physical product, right? It meant you get you get an NFT associated with that product that's tied to the, you know, the product SKU code, right? And essentially, um, that NFT grants you access to the community and also gives you an initial, like, say, sum of the, un like, different, like, a, a different token, like an ERC-20 token. I'm never going to use Ethereum, though, because, like, <laughs> it's it's terrible. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, the idea is that you stake a certain amount of real-life money, so say $20, and since this gummy is essentially the the, go the underlying usage is productivity, right? Whether you want to fucking run a mile or you want to code more, like whatever you're trying to do, right? It's essentially like uh, a productivity product. So it's got caffeine, mm -hmm. a whole bunch of other stuff in it, right? So you stake a certain amount of money, like say $20 for that month, and you commit to a certain amount of like, I'm going to do, you know, X amount of tasks, right? And every time you complete, you know, the task that day you have like the whole system is like you incorporate something like source cred something like well, I, I don't actually need source cred but you incorporate like bright id for validate uh being able to like validate unique people not so mm -hmm. it's not a bunch of bots um and then they, they verify it within each other within the community and mm -hmm. and then if they can verify the activity that they perform for that day they unlock a certain rewards associated based on like a percentage of how much they initially staked if they don't, whatever they staked is essentially like frozen until you know, say, the end of the the thirty days that they said they were gonna like work out, right? So like every day they're supposed to work out, and every day that they don't, they don't get the reward, and their money just sits there. So like their twenty dollars is just sitting there. Versus if they did the activity, they could have unlocked, you know, essentially a percentage, uh, a percentage of token rewards based on their initial staked amount. Right. So something like that. Yeah. I feel like everybody's going in that same direction. It's, it's it's like an obvious thing, you know. The psychology is strong of how tokens work. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just need yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. So there's this project called uh, Kickback. Yeah, it's uh, used for for a similar purpose of like uh, it's kind of like the meetup.org, but okay. instead of like having people RSVP for nothing, people have to stake to RSVP. Okay. And then when they attend the event, then they get their money back plus the money that uh, other people staked who didn't show up. So that's, there's an additional incentive. There. That's pretty sweet. That's yeah. <laughs> that's and a good you, idea. You get the money yeah. that other people stake if they don't show up. Right. Yeah. And we we use this for like organizing uh, like uh, events when like uh, berlin blockchain week happened or like uh, during the yeah. devcon in, in osaka so that they had this uh, whiskey tasting uh, event uh -huh. was also using this but so then when the like corona hit they were like okay so like if people are <laughs> organizing event like what do we use it for now yeah and they started using they made like a workout group so like uh -huh. people had to stake uh, 0.1 eat or something yeah. And then they had to like do push-ups every day for a month. And we had like a telegram group where everybody would need to like post a video of themselves doing uh push-ups. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So only only like only a few people failed. <laughs> everybody wanted their hundred dollars back. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like money, you know, 
It works. Money works. Value. It doesn't have to be money, but it has to be value. And I think I feel like money, people can equate that to their time pretty easily. And with tokens, everything becomes money. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, so like, um, it was great having you on, Peter. Um, yeah, great I, talking to you. Yeah, it's it great. Great interview. Um, I'm excited for what Metagame is going to be building in the future. And um, um, oh, you know what? We have our signature question that uh, Dean Corey would like me to ask you, probably. Um, it's in 10 words or less, how would you describe Bitcoin or the blockchain in general? Why didn't I prepare for this? Why didn't I prepare for this? Because I knew it was coming. Like I remember I <laughs> Wait, how did you remember? I uh, yeah, I used to listen to. The, I didn't. Uh, I I didn't. When when did you join? By the way, like when did you start? Oh, so 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 they've been doing it for like I think five years, and then I came on board. Uh, I want to say like three years, two three two years, three years ago, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing it for like. Uh, 2016 and 17, and then okay. after that, I stopped listening to podcasts in general. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's totally worth it. It's just two of them back then. Yeah, okay. okay. Interesting. And how do I describe it in 10 words or less? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, take your time. I want to just not say something cheesy. But yeah, you, you don't have to. <laughs> you can say something cheesy. I'll just say an adminless database. Okay. Okay. An adminless database. And that's three words or even less. Yeah. Three words. An adminless. I think you forgot like the the main point which I wanted to share about metagame. So like the in phase one, it's all about yeah. building this uh, this onboarding machine for like this decentralized world. So like uh -huh. putting putting together all the resources that people need for building decentralized applications and yeah. decentralized organizations. But that's like only until we build this uh, basic structure. And then like in phase two and three, the idea is that we are going to like yeah, really zoom out of crypto and start focusing on like real world problems. So like. Uh -huh. Hopefully, we will solve the onboarding problems and coordination problems in the crypto space, and then we'll be able to focus on like, yeah, helping uh, people who are outside of crypto like do their thing. And we already have like people who are like uh, experts in machine learning and other high tech fields, but mm -hmm. we also want to focus on like other real world problems, so, like getting clean water to people and yeah, like <laughs> actual problems that are not first crypto world problems. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the tagline yeah the tagline on the website is just like build the future that we want to live in yeah so we really want to make it uh, bigger than crypto it's not about crypto man it's not about crypto <laughs> good luck you're in crypto it's just the basic infra huh yeah it's just the basic infra i think like after that after we build everything all the infrastructure then people will be able to use this technology without even knowing that it's the blockchain Nobody will care the same way that nobody knows that it's like a SQL database. Yeah, nobody will care. That's true. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks again, Peter, yeah. for hopping on, and uh, yeah. yeah, thank you for having me. Sometime in the future. 
Yeah, you should join us. Join with the game. I will join. Actually, I'm going to talk to you offline. But yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Metagame.wtf. <laughs> gotta gotta shoot it, you know. Gotta plug it. Absolutely, plug away. And we're back <laughs> live, 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 live. You know, so um, oh, this definitely isn't live. This is a podcast you're listening to. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Google that shit. You know, you know. I hope you know. <laughs> The interview that we totally did before we started recording this roundtable. And, uh, and yeah, so we're going to talk about DeFi now. Which, if you, if, unless you've been living under a rock, um, DeFi means decentralized finance. And uh, that's a lot. That's a mouthful. You know, it's a lot to come out of the mouth. But it basically means like, you know, there's central entities that guide and regulate and Sherpa regular finance, right? There's insurance companies, investment banks, uh, retail banks, um, bonding banks, bonding companies. Like, there's there's all kinds of entities that make up finance as we know it, like loaning mortgage companies, uh, um I guess a, I guess a bank just gives out loans. There's no such thing as a loaning company. It's just a bank. Um, but they basically run that shit. They run the show. They decide interest rates, all the all everything. And then also there's also like exchanges. Exchanges are are centralized. You got your Nasdaq. You got your CM. Uh, what's the What's the Chicago Mercantile the CME? Exchange. The Chicago Mercantile Exchange. You've got. Yeah, you got the Nasdaq, you got the New York Stock, the NYSE over in, uh, you know, over in fucking uh, England or UK. You've got that uh, the exchange for currency, the biggest currency exchange on the planet. So, LSD. Um, all these are central things. Decentralized finance, huh? The London Stock Exchange. What do you say, Jeff? It's like a big one. London Stock Exchange. All these things are centralized entities that. Um, basically control the to and from and the from to to. With decentralized finance, you don't have that. For example, with a decentralized exchange, if I wanted to trade with Corey, I could do that and I don't need the NASDAQ to put, you know, the kibosh blessing on whatever fake pieces of paper that we do or don't have uh, of the stock or whatever I'm trading with Corey. A, a mutual fund, I don't know. Like mutual fund for money. You know, there's no central entity needed. I can go straight from my wallet to Corey's wallet to trade what we want to trade. You don't need an exchange for that. Right. Just send the crypto. On, uh... It's kind of the whole thing of crypto. It's like, I'll just... Yeah, that's true. That's very the true. exchange is when you want to, like, move from one crypto to one, one currency to another. I don't have to rely on some third party to do yeah, that. Yeah. Just people provide liquidity. Anyone provides liquidity. That makes pools of whatever pairs that I think I so want to trade. What? The providing liquidity. Fix your video because that's a that's a so much latency. I can't really fix the video. There's not much I can do. It's just Wi-Fi out here in the cabs, bro. All right. So, don't worry about it. Here, I'll just turn it off. How about that? (laughs) There we go. Okay. That worked. Um. And so, when you provide liquidity, 
you're providing it to a trader that's going to trade with your crypto. And then you get a little fee paid to you. He's like, hey, thank you, sir, for your liquidity. Here you are. And that's how it works, but digitally with no British accent. Yeah. Like I, I have a bunch of like uh, DAI and ST and various other currencies and different trading pairs on Uniswap that I provide liquidity for. And whenever people use those trading pairs, I get I get a percentage of the fee. So the fee gets dispersed. I think it's like weighted proportionally to those who provide liquidity. So over time, I just get money for facilitating the ability of other people to make trades they want to trade without relying on others. It's a cool multi-sided market. Yep. My money, my money does work. And now like for like all the stuff that builds on top of that, it's getting really confusing. I don't understand yeah. it. Corey. Yeah. That's where I get a little bit. I, I, I'm reluctant I to dive either. into it because I'm worried about like what I'd become once I understood it. Don't be worried. You should do it. You should do it and then report back. <laughs> okay, see you in a month. Yeah. Just be dangerous with it, right? Be as dangerous as if you had to, like, imagine you were caught in the throes of passion. You had no choice but to make love on stairs. You know what I mean? Like, just be dangerous with it. Like, sometimes when, it, when the moment strikes you, you just got to take it down on the stair steps of love. You know? I, don't know not, so, I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. The stairs of love. That could be a song. But, you know, you know that you got to sometimes. I know you're a strong guy, Corey. I know you have it in you to make love on stairs. So approach this situation <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Approach this situation <laughs> like that. That's what I'm about you're to do. You're going to go experience all that DeFi has to offer. <laughs> There's too yeah. much. I don't know if I don't know if I could take all that in, man. That's. <laughs> I need to like start softly. It is a lot, and like, you know, get some tickles before you go in. So like, go in that hard because if you try to take it all at once, it's a fire hose of the face. You're not going to handle it. You're not going to be able. To, you're going to have a bad time. It's going to hurt, <laughs> and and you're not going to come back for it. And you're probably going to be a little like you know, traumatized from it for the rest of your life. So like, I'm not ready for that. I gotta like, you gotta go slow, gotta chill out. <laughs> You gotta like dip your toe in, get a little tickle, feel it, <laughs> see how it goes, get the hang of it, yeah. then get better at it. Like that's that's the right methodology for like Everything. dealing with an ocean of that is DeFi right now, and it's only gonna get bigger, right? Like it's mm -hmm. finance. So like the finance bros are gonna take it over, and gals. What's the what's the equivalent of bros for girls? Bras. Ro bras? I guess. I don't know. Mm. Alicia? Alicia, say it. What is what 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 do you call Yeah, I guess that the the girl version of a bro? You don't have to say it, you just type it. Chick. Maybe you're not maybe you're not listening. Oh, chick. Okay. Yeah. D five bros and chicks. You said chick. We were very worried. Mm. I called I called a woman a chick once and I got I got uh, reprimanded. So I don't know about well, that. Maybe it's like, like finance. Uh... What? Keep going. You're you're, you're latent. You're, you're we're dealing with your latency. No. <laughs> oh my bad. I mean, I just you know, chicks. Is, I don't think you call chicks. I think that they don't like that. I think guys don't like oh, being called bros. Hoes. 
Okay. Finance hose. hose. Finance hose. Ooh, bros and hose. <laughs> I don't, can we start? Can we start a DAO that's just called Bros and Hoes? <laughs> I don't know what it does. Uh, I think we can, and I think I think it would be extremely popular. Like overnight, I don't, I don't know I what it, it does. Be, I think we're gonna vote on things, and it's gonna have like you have to say Bros and Hoes. Like there's no, there's no. You can say Doctor Bro or Doctor Ho, but you have to say Bro and Ho. We're but the thing is, is like, why? Like, like the haters' ball. Dudes can be hoes too. So, dudes can be hoes too. In fact, back in the year two thousand and eight, I had some hoish tendencies. So I think I think uh, I don't know. You know, I feel I feel as if it's not gender specific. The bros and hoes thing. Are, are you vaping, Corey? Yeah. How, how do you like vaping? When did that start? Yeah, that's, when did that start? Oh yeah, you vape. It's that. THC. Yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah, it's like an electric, electric, marijuana. Yeah, you, do you like it? Sure, it's great. It's it's way more convenient than, you know, burning it. Yeah, yeah. It's also okay. a lot healthier. It sneaks up on you too. Corey's sneaky like that. Corey kept some. Can I tell the brownie story? Oh yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Corey, so I was showing at Corey's recently. This was like last year, and I was like making dinner, and I looked in his fridge and I saw like a brownie, and I was like, <laughs> like of course, part of me knew what was going on, but I was like, Aaron bakes all the time, so this could be a legit brownie. So I was like, cool, let me go ahead and take. Take a bite of this brownie here. I'm gonna break this off and eat half of the brownie. Grabs people's brownies in a refrigerator and just decides to take a bite out of it and then put it back. Just, <laughs> keep going, Dave. Go ahead. Go ahead. I keep broke going. It and I, I I broke it in half and then I ate the half. And then you know even that's even that's questionable, right? Because breaking some breaking a brownie in half means it's a rather old brownie, right? So yeah, that you, was you risk. broke it because that was it was, was crunchy like, at that point. It's an old like, old like, old brownie. That brownie was probably was like six to seven months old. So then, like, we're all eating dinner. It was around Thanksgiving. I remember that. We're all eating dinner. And, like, out of the blue, I was just like, oh, man, something ain't right. Something is not right. So then, I like, I think I, had, I, think I did a – I didn't do a prayer. Like, I stopped and way too serious. I was like, man, I really just want to thank y'all for eating dinner like this, man, in a year like we're having. And I got way too emotional for some reason. And then I sat down on the couch and then, like, you know, you ask yourself that question. Like, we started watching music videos and the videos were way too good. Like, yeah. way too good. I was just, like, sitting in the corner and I was like, I think I'm high. I don't know how I think I'm high. And then, like, it was just bad. And then I realized I really was high because I asked y'all. I was like, hey, what's up with that brownie that y'all have in the fridge? And y'all were like, what fucking brownie? No, that's not what happened. What talking that's not about? what happened. That's not what happened. Uh, we, I think I casually mentioned it in conversation. You're like, oh, I had yeah. some of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been and like, I had some of that and I've been high for a while and I wasn't sure what was going on and I was kind of freaking out. And we're like, oh, why are you just yeah. eating brownies out of people's, people's refrigerators? <laughs> Look, I know y'all. It's good. I didn't know y'all like that though. Yeah, y'all are <laughs> sneaky, sneaky brownies. Trying to trying to eat dinner like 
pretending like nothing's going on. Um, <laughs> so this That's conversation went sideways, but decentralized finance. So what you need actually <laughs> is a Web three capable wallet. All right, that's gonna you'll find that MetaMask, you'll find that Coinbase wallet. I'm pretty sure Status. Yep. Status, you can connect to Web three things with Status as well, it's and kind of you the, you the put MO. a bunch of Ether, in, you know, <laughs> throw a bunch connect. of fucking uh, throw a bunch of ETH in that shit. Throw a bunch of USDC, maybe some Dai, maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of stability. You know, you need some stable coins mostly. Um, you know, maybe a little compound, and then you can like start exploring on Uniswap. I think there's other things too, right? I think I'm missing some things. Uniswap is like the most things. popular. Uh, there's a lot. It's it's you know, one thing I will say is if you join the Slack, and you go to hashtag DeFi, there are like tons dozens of people that will educate you and like give out time of their day to help you get started i've seen youtube videos being linked i've seen there step are step by step currently um 26 members only 26 actually there's like 750 in the channel so and the whole slack there's 26 people in this slack and it is active and these people know what they're talking about and doing and they're up to date so if you're interested in that type of yeah. stuff it's a good place to be yeah, I'll do it if you do it. For you. Some of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> so let me let me finish some of that stuff first. Yeah. So we're gonna be us at the Bitcoin podcast. We're gonna be DeFi Dgens, and we're gonna fucking ape out. I think that's the lingo that they're using. And uh, then I'll return. I've already degened a little bit. You know. Yeah, I'll you got to going on the next episode. Yeah, I'm a degenerate, bro. I have, like I said, I have, I have staking pools. Like I, I provide liquidity for assets on Uniswap. That's it. That's only DeFi oh. that I've that I've participated in. Weak. You got to up your DeFi game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've made, made like eighteen dollars. That's that. It's like that. That the return is not that. I also, it's a. I do it because I would like to provide liquidity for particular pairs on SNT, so that when people want to change, if they get SNT, they're able to on Uniswap. That's why I do it. I'm not doing it for the money. Uh, yeah. And I just haven't like like JT is uh, part of Badger Dow in the Slack, and he like he's been he had he wasn't doing any of this stuff before he, when when he joined the Slack. He he had learned all this stuff, started talking about it, asked his questions, talked with people in the Slack, created this thing, and it's going wild. <laughs> yeah, so Badger like, Dow's like worth crazy amount right now. It's, it's know, definitely made JT. some gains. They've made some gains. Hopefully, we'll like, be I, I think it's interesting JT that like too. people have created stuff in our Slack. I mean, like, it, I don't. I'm not gonna say they did it because of us, but like they've been. We've been along for the ride the entire time, and yeah. they're still here, spending their time like in the community, talking about it with a bunch of the people who. Yeah. I can't. I. I'm not even sure I can name all the people who've gotten jobs or have created something. Yeah. Um, in the process of this being is, in our Slack. Yeah. So in case you haven't noticed, audience member, you should join the Slack. You go to the BitcoinPodcast.com, push the button that says Slack, follow the directions. If you can't do that, you're not worthy. I'm serious. If you can't follow those directions, you should not don't be doing DeFi. Yeah, and you shouldn't be doing. You shouldn't even trust yourself <laughs> with your own money. All right, I'll tell you that right now. You can't follow those directions. You need to you need to rethink a lot of things 
in your life. All right, join the Slack. Hang out with us. We talk about a lot of things. Uh, there was this huge Bernie Sanders meme off going on yesterday that had me fucking dying laughing. That was great. Um, and, you know, you know, we're talking to go to join the Slack. You know, you can talk DeFi, you can talk Bitcoin, you can talk Ether, you can talk Avalanche. There's a whole there's a whole channel dedicated to Avalanche now. That's pretty popular, let me tell you. Um, but yeah, so that's one thing. Another thing is subscribe. Subscribe, like ding the bell. Isn't that what they say? That's what the cool kids say. No, no, no. Just subscribe in your podcast app if you like what you heard. And then if you go to the bitcoinpodcast.com, we have other podcasts, um, you know, that you should be able to access from older shows that we did back in the day. You know, there was once in a time Blue Moon where we did speak to like beginner level aspects of Bitcoin and Ether. And those are just so many episodes ago. But we don't, we don't want you to feel left out. You know, we threw some. Sorry, my name. We threw some sauce on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those basically fundamental aspects of this, these cryptocurrencies and these blockchain networks. So um, what else do we do? Oh, this show is brought to you by whatever shampoo Jesse uses on his hair. Uh, because mm, mm, mm. because that that hair right there. I'm serious. He could go to a third world country right now and he'd run it by tomorrow. Like he'd run it by the next day. They'd be like, I don't know who this guy is. But he looks like he knows what the fuck he's talking about. I feel like the only right, person so I have hair in common with is like Fidel Castro. Really? Quality well, choice, there man. There you go. Right? There you go. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I really. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, bro. Get yourself some cool pon- layered ponytail shits and go, go, to, uh, go to Argentina and just tell them, hey, uh, look, I'm running the show now. My name is Jesse. Right, so give me all the papers, all right, and, um, and uh, let's make it a fish. Let's make it a fish. No, um, this show was actually brought to you by Avalanche, I think. Right, we ran that ad, so anyway, drunk. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not drunk at all. No, we already said uh, that's uh, over, we said like uh, 14 times. No, I'm trying to wrap up the show. What are you, are you wrap up the show? You wrap I'll make it real simple. Join the Slack. Join the Patreon. Cool. You get shit for that. D's got some shout outs he wants to make to some ladies. Here you go. That's true. <laughs> shout out shout out to Megan the Stallion. Uh, shout out to Lori Harvey, who I found out is Steve Harvey's daughter and um, is amazing. Um, shout out to Michelle Obama and shout out to Georgia Curtis. All right. All right, wrap it up, D. You got the you got the close outline. That's all you, man. Oh, okay. I thought you guys were gonna give shout outs too, but I guess uh, I'll, I'll do a quick shout okay. out. Play. Shout, shout out. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh hold shit! On. Drop it. Shout, shout out to Daniel and Alicia. I'm gonna say that every every week. Ooh. Shout out to Daniel and Alicia. Everybody. Back end. Yeah. Appreciation of the back end. Seriously. No. That was not you a guys... sexual joke. That is a technology joke. Yeah, for sure, Daniel. Appreciate <laughs> all that, dude. Well, Same it... with Alicia. Securing the interviews, man, dealing with people on Twitter, that seems difficult. Holler. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like Twitter. Not at all. So hats off to you guys. I thought you were going give to a, give a shout out to your, to your mom and your sister and stuff. But no, I don't care about them, Jesse. 
Um, so only money. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you for it. How was the escape key click on that bad boy? I'll I'll have to link you a video. You can you can make the uh the judgment yourself, D. I'm gonna do another shitty unboxing. No, 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 no. <laughs> How much did you pay for it? How much did you pay for it? Oh no, dude. Let's do a shit another shitty unboxing on the show of your new keyboard. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I gotta buy some more stuff because apparently, you know, you gotta buy more stuff with the keyboard, right? Like it's just the frame. You gotta buy the switches. Yeah, we're, you we're gotta... gonna do a shitty unboxing of that frame. Okay. All right. And you're gonna walk us through and we're gonna make fun of you for it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wait, can you guys fund the keycaps? Like I mean we could probably get that yeah, to a podcast to do it. Okay. All right. Let, let's see if we can like maybe I can get us like keyboard sponsor for, for what we do. That'd you do that cool. and I'll be very happy. Oh, yeah. I'll okay. I'll say thick sock and thick and sack <laughs> all day long. You get a sponsor for keyboards. Okay. All right. I'll see what I can do. All right. Yeah. That'd be exciting. You gotta start the unboxing. Like you gotta start the unboxing by saying, Hey guys, and then you're yeah. good to go. I want to so, tell you about the Type 63 it, keyboard. It's got the so and so, so so backplate. Oh, God. I want How you do to they do the all whole talk thing. The same. Everyone. They all, talk the same. <laughs> all right. Play the outro.